Hello and welcome back to our newest episode of our Zing Learning Podcast, A Conversation With. In today's episode, we were very excited to talk to the incredible Nicole and Wayne from Spiral Skills. Now, Spiral is a fantastic organization that we have been working alongside in our offices in Brixton in South London and watching some of the incredible things that they do to really help young people to start to aspire towards different careers that perhaps they would never have thought of before. I've got to see the energy of the young people coming into the offices and really start to feel all of those kind of changes that are happening. Now, the fantastic thing about the work that Spiral do is they work alongside employers and young people and really start to bridge that gap which is very very prevalent in the career space so we have a great conversation for you to listen to today some amazing tips suggestions and just some fantastic advice from both nicole and wayne about how we can really support young people to go into careers that are really meaningful and really make a difference in the world so grab a cuppa kick back and have a listen. Welcome to the podcast, Nicole and Wayne. I'm so happy to have you both here. Yes. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Nice to see you, Zoe. Thanks for the invite. Hey, Nicole. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I've obviously done a bit of an introduction before we've come on, but I'd love to hear just from your words, what it is that Spiral does in general, just for the listener. So Spiral is a social enterprise and we focus more on um, raising aspirations and employability skills. Um, And we also work with the most kind of vulnerable young people. Um, We work in schools, in crews, in colleges. So we are everywhere, pretty much. Um, But yeah, really trying to raise aspirations um, in young people. And Wayne is one of the key components to that happening. (laughs) No pressure, Wayne. No pressure. (laughs) No pressure. Thanks, thanks, Nicole. I think that's a pretty good description of what we do i think a lot of times we pride ourselves in going into school settings community centers other settings where young people gather and one creating a safe space for them so a space where they can kind of be themselves and not feel restricted by structure or the pressure and then we put a lot of emphasis on experiential learning so we do things that have them explore themselves discover themselves through practical activities and we have a particularly, you know, careers and aspirations focus, as Nicole said. So through activities and creating a safe space, we help them understand some of the options available to them and understand what things they might like and what they might not like doing uh, for careers. And uh, yeah, just try to help the world make sense to them, I suppose, is a big part of what we do. Mm. Brilliant. Um, it's really interesting because I obviously have been working in the same offices as you for a while now. So I've had the luxury of being able to meet some of these young people and the buzz, the way that the office changes when they're in is brilliant. Like they're just so they're playful, but they're really paying attention to everything. And they just bring this really amazing energy with them. So it's really nice to see young people from the local area coming in and really starting to think about their aspirational future, I think. Definitely. And I think a lot of the young people are also passionate, like, you know, through their experience with Spiral, being a young person that needed that guidance, like a lot of them feel so inspired to kind of pass on that legacy to other young people in their community. So it is really, really an exciting place to work, super inspiring. And we all know that young people bring just a different vibe. They just bring so much to a work environment. So, yeah, I'm glad that you've noticed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it genuinely really does change the the feel of the place. And, and especially when you see them over a period of time as well. So they might start on a program and, and you'll see them over a number of weeks. And some of them are quite shy at the start. And then all of a sudden they're chatting to you in the kitchen. And it's, it's just a really, it is a really nice buzz to be around. And obviously... We're all in the business of trying to make the world a better place. (laughs) So it's really nice to see those younger generations coming through and and having those opportunities that they might not have had if they hadn't been involved with Spiral. So, yeah, I'm massively into the work that you do. I think it's really meaningful. It gives back a lot to the community. And of course, it changes, in theory, the, the future landscape of 
employment and careers and, and things like that. So massive advocate for that and anything we can do to support. So let me ask you this, and I'll, I'll go to you first, Nicole, if that's okay. I just okay. want to ask, why do you think that this work is so vital to young people, but also to businesses that get involved with the programmes? So it's like a twofold, because the benefits will change slightly, depending if it's a young person or a business. But for the young people, I think, number one, it's imperative that young people have these types of safe spaces, because I feel like what I've learned is, you know, you might have the support of a teacher, but a teacher is very different to a youth worker. Um, and there's also a lot of things that they might not disclose at school. They might not feel comfortable doing that. And then they also may not feel as confident um, talking about certain things with their parents. So I feel like youth workers are in between. And it's like a key pillar. Capture those young people who might not feel understood in other areas. And then also with that, of course, being able to give them opportunities. And then for the businesses, number one, promoting your, the industry that you're in and being able to kind of see that young talent from the very beginning. But also I think it's good to number one, contribute to your local community, creating those opportunities because we can talk all day about youth unemployment and youth violence and all the things wrong with young people. But yeah, no one's actually doing anything to kind of help solve that. And I think businesses play a big role in that because for some young people, they already feel like there's barriers of them even accessing certain industries or maybe their own aspirations are lowered because of their environment. So it's really important for young people to be in those places to realise, oh, it is accessible. Oh, my colour, my race, my age, my religion, all of these other things are not going to be a barrier. And I think also it gives businesses a chance to really understand the upcoming talent and what kind of support and needs they may need as well um, going into the industry. You mentioned, and this is the second time I've heard it in this very short amount of time we've been recording, um, safe spaces. Yes. Can you help me understand a little bit more just before we go to Wayne to, to help us kind of wrap that up? What what exactly do we mean by safe spaces when we're talking about these young people in the working environments? Yeah, I think one of the key things is a safe space to not feel judged. Like you can actually be open and honest about your thoughts and feelings. I know of even other youth organisations that are specifically based around, you know, LGBTQ young people where at home they may not have that safe space to be like open about their true identity. So I think number one is somewhere that's free from judgment and somewhere where they can really kind of learn, grow and kind of understand themselves more through interacting with like-minded young people, but also um, us as being like mentors, youth workers who have lived experience as well. But I think that's one of the main things for me is like free from judgment, like it's open, be real, be honest. That answers as well. <laughs> yeah, question. no, it does. It's brilliant. It's so funny sometimes when um, when I answer a question on another podcast, of the, I feel like I'm giving a real politician's answer. Yeah. It's actually really <laughs> robust. It actually, it sounds really good to, to the other person so no brilliant thank you for clarifying that it's really interesting yeah I, would you add anything to what Nicole said there with regards to why this work is so vital to young people but also of course to businesses as well uh yeah I mean first I think that we are we're in a, a really sort of challenging period I think just for humans because we for the first time really in centuries and maybe ever um there's a massive disconnect between our young people and the rest of society. Mm -hmm. And all that has, has come about because of the internet and, you know, they're now exposed to a bunch of information that we probably wouldn't have been exposed to generations before. And so, and they're dealing with a lot of pressure from that side. And then they're in the school set, uh, setting, you've got teachers under a lot of pressure, schools under a lot of pressure. And so somewhere young people need to be able to step out and have a conversation with someone that's not trying to make them act a certain way or squeeze them into a box, but it's letting them just kind of express themselves as they are without those regulations. And so I, I think that's really, really important for them um, to have that outlet and to find people who will help them take that journey and figure out how they fit into this, uh, this crazy life. And as I say, it's a lot to ask of teachers um, yeah. and everything else that, that they're dealing with. So certainly for them, and I think from businesses, I think businesses were part of an ecosystem. We have a responsibility to create a setting that continues to make young people available for future roles and have them define some of those roles. And 
Uh, I think they want to get the best talent. And in many cases, they're missing out on the best talent because the funnel, what we're hurting people through is so small that some of that great talent is just not fitting through it. And so mm-hmm. real opportunity for um, businesses to benefit by uncovering, you know, hidden gems that don't go through traditional routes. We have uh, one of our sort of mantras is about equipping young people to participate in society. Um, and that's for, you know, a good percentage and an unfortunately growing percentage of young people. They don't feel equipped to participate in society in a meaningful way. And so this work is really critical because we are not only helping individual young people and groups of young people, but we're trying to confirm a model that can be scaled up so that more young people can be included in this really fun excitement that is life. I felt like Nicole was going to add something there, but I wonder whether you just covered that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I just wanted to kind of add in a little bit about Spiral's work in terms of partnerships as well, like having a safe space, the fact that, you know, Spiral, we're part of the Building Young Brixton Consortium. Um, We're also part of the ecosystem Cold Harbour, which Wayne can talk more about. But even having those safe spaces for organisations in a similar boat, we all want the best for young people. We all want to be able to kind of offer them the best opportunities um, and and more kind of positive or impactful pathways than, you know, others. And so even having those kinds of conversations about, but what can we do, but we don't have funding. Okay, well then let's try and do a joint bid together and being able to actually talk about, you know, the real stumbling blocks um, because we can all talk about underfunding and stuff like that. But there's a lot more as well in terms of like community engagement or the perception of youth workers. You know, some youth workers don't feel respected by statutory services. They feel kind of like, oh, what are you doing? Playing pool and table tennis. You know, there's a lot more to youth work than what people's perception is. And I think having been part of a lot of these kind of consortium or kind of partnerships within the local area has really kind of helped that number one, credibility, but also um, being able to share knowledge and experience to kind of create better safe spaces um, for young people, because that's one of the biggest things as well, was trying to get young people to realise there are services here for you. You can go to this area. Um, but again, there's other challenges of that as well, as you can imagine. But yeah, I just wanted to say that um, just to add that in like the partnership and being able to learn from similar organisations has been quite integral to our work as well. Fascinating. I think... Um... There's so many things I could pull out from that. The first one that's really stuck with me is the idea around businesses are part of an ecosystem. Now, I find that really interesting because, of course, I work business to business. So I work with lots of different types of organisations that are trying to do better in the world of diversity and inclusion. And that obviously includes internally with things like uh, the the current employees that work there but representation or under representation or even over representation now which is one of the terms that people are starting to use that idea that you know we're serving a certain community and we're actually not taking that talent from that community so I do think and I completely agree with that idea that businesses are massively integral to any part of kind of community aspect and society as a general rule But it's really interesting because lots of the organisations I work with, when we first start working together, they really struggle to see that level of accountability because they think, oh, it's politics and it's education and it's these other social factors that have nothing to do with my business. But you have to kind of get them to start to think, well, actually, you're a huge part of people's lives. Work is a huge, huge part of most people's lives it gives us meaning and purpose and obviously pays our bills and does all these wonderful things so actually if we're missing out whole groups of people we're not then supporting the delicate ecosystem which is society so I'm totally in agreement there with with that comment that you said about the ecosystem and when you even look about it like even with regards to the unemployment issues and then obviously the government um, had the whole kickstarter program for young people to get jobs but again that wouldn't have existed had those organizations or businesses had a partnership or said all right we're gonna offer this as a kind of um, opportunity for young people but it'll be interesting to see the outcome of that you know how many young people actually stayed on in employment how many of them are still unemployed and things like that but I think that is like a key example of of why businesses are a very key point um, or part sorry of kind of creating that ecosystem and being part of it and making sure it works Mm. (laughs) and it's a benefit for everyone um so for sure yeah yeah I think a lot of business owners and a lot of execs and senior leaders have this disjointed idea that these things are separate 
to them. And if you're thinking about a sustainable business and you want it to be profitable or you want it to grow over the however many next 10 to 20 years, you've got to engage with these young people now because they're your future CEOs. They're your future people that are making your big decisions in your organization. So it just makes good business sense to get involved with this sort of stuff. That's my personal opinion anyway. <laughs> um, I mean, since we're talking about business, I'll, you know, I'll throw something in here. So one, I 100% sympathize or empathize with a business because their focus needs to be growing the business, you know, creating profit, lowering costs, all the standard things that go that are part of, of running a successful business. And it's really difficult to do all of that and maintain or, you know, have your other eye on social responsibility and all the challenges because, you know, social challenges aren't clean black and white formulas like business problems can be where you can just say, well, let's invest more, let's do the research or let's buy more product. You can't really solve social problems like that. And so it makes it really difficult for a business to get their heads wrapped around, you know, how to connect with and, and take best advantage of those skill sets. And that's where I think the opportunity for us and one of the things that we can do is spiral really well is help bridge that gap by appreciating where a business is and what its needs are and bringing interfacing being the buffer between young people and society and the businesses needs so that they then can see the vision but they've got support actually executing it and still doing you know their job there's something really beautiful about the business sense in that in the business setting is where we often see the best of ourselves when you're when you get focused on something and we see what happens when humans come together, collaborate, zoom in on a problem, problem solve and execute. Like we see the best mechanisms for solving problems within the business setting. And we just try to marry in how we aim that mechanism in a socially developmental and, and supportive way so that everyone's Definitely. There. And there are like tools and organizations that are really trying to do this from an advocacy policy kind of perspective. I know Youth Unemployment UK, they have something called the Good Youth Employment Charter, which is basically just kind of like, number one, you're signing on to become a youth-friendly employer, but it's just someone who's going to offer opportunities. And they also have a lot of kind of toolkits on like how to develop a young person. Um, you know, and one of the biggest things that I always say to businesses is that, you know, a lot of the times, even if it is just work experience, it doesn't actually cost you anything. It doesn't. And there's a lot, there's actually a lot more benefits, um, even for your staff. You know, let's say you want to, I don't know, train up some of your staff members to have that supervisor um, skills. You know, it could just be like, right, you know, you're not a manager, but for the next few days, you're going to supervise this young person on work experience. And it gives them that kind of meaningful experience as well. So there are many different um, resources. I think if there's, there's just, we need to find a better way of ensuring that they know this does exist. <laughs> there are supports. And even from a spiral perspective, because this is part of my role, which is kind of trying to connect with more businesses to offer work experience and stuff like that, which I'm sure we're going to talk about later on. But um, one of the biggest things, um, challenges I found was number one, trying to get work experience for under 16s, but then also trying to convince employers of the benefits. And so I know from a spiral perspective, we are kind of looking at that strategically to think about how can we create more safe spaces <laughs> for employers to kind of share like, hey, we've offered work experience and this is how we benefit from it. You know, for those um, employers that are a bit more like, a mm, bit nervous, oh, but young people, oh, you know, hopefully you can kind of um, demystify a lot of the myths or a lot of the things that they think is going to go wrong. Oh, they, they're not going to turn up, you know, on time or they're this and they're that. When actually there's some young people that are more on it than me. <laughs> you know, they're, they're there every day. They're there on time. They have that kind of passion and desire. Yeah, there's something about that demystifying young people, I guess is probably the best way to, to say it. Isn't yeah. it? And it's <laughs> such an interesting comment you made there with regards to how people might be like, oh, they're not going to turn up or, or whatever else. And it's really interesting because we have the same thing at the Baytree Centre where I do work with the women and we help them to find study and work and to find meaningful kind of purpose outside of all of the other things that they're doing. And that's one of the biggest things when it comes to employers is, well, uh, how reliable are they? 
well, how reliable are any of your staff when you get to <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And if you give them the chance, then how mm-hmm. can they prove themselves? And that's our biggest thing. Like, just give them a chance. Give them an opportunity. Let's work together to develop their skills, develop their confidence, develop their resilience. Have them be, feel, feel more accountable to their work life or their future, even if it is just work experience. This is still the building blocks to your CV, which hopefully will take you somewhere else. So I think um, all of these things are really, really crucial things. We've talked a little bit about how what the work that you do is so vital to, to young people and businesses. What's your favourite thing about collaborating between the two? So it might be that you've got a favourite thing for working with businesses or a favourite thing from working with young people. I imagine there's lots of those. But what, what is it that you really enjoy? Like personally, I'll come to you first, Wayne, and then I'll come to you, Nicole. Beautifully, businesses don't do academic speak. They don't do any of this class. They're straight to it. And when you see the light go off in a young person's head, when they're given a task and they they have to get on it, and a little bit uncertain to begin with, but then they sort of get in the groove. And then the light goes off where they get what this task is about and how it fits. That ranks up as probably one of my highest moments because so much happens for a young person in their minds when that happens, like a bunch of clarity and things fall into place about that they've heard, but never really seen or really understood fully. And in that moment, when they've completed, they show up and someone gives them feedback and they go, oh, and you can just kind of see them that they're now in a completely different headspace where they're down in explore, understand, and that they're kind of driven. And that's, for me, those are the moments that, that really make it. Yeah, they sound pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and conversely, I'll say to go with that, when an employer who is somewhat nervous or concerned about how this is going to go and when they see a young person sort of deliver and actually end up being impressed with the kind of creativity that's there and the look on their face, ah, hmm. Um, I've often watched as the sort of natural um, nurturer comes out in adults in those settings and they catch themselves becoming a youth worker or a parent uh, in that moment because they just got caught up in it and so yeah I think those two things together are pretty exciting for me yeah I mean to be honest I think you've said everything for me as well like my biggest thing is having a young person who's like I don't want to do this this is not what my dream goal is or whatever and they don't see the benefit of doing it so like I had a really amazing restaurant in Covent Garden Obviously, it's hospitality. So one of the young people like, yeah, but I want to do sport. What is this? This is rubbish. And I'm like, yeah, but even in sport, you've got to have good communication skills. You've got to work as a team, you know, trying to get them to see the transferable skills. And, you know, and then within half an hour of their placement, they're loving it. They're they're enjoying it. They love being behind the bar and like obviously non-alcoholic drinks, just putting that out there. But, <laughs> you know, they really loved it. And then I think one of my highlights from that particular placement was one of the uh, supervisors actually saying, hey, um, they actually thought one of the young people was one of their trial staff. <laughs> and I was like, nope, they're just here for work experience. And like, how old are they? I was like 15, like, oh, damn, we can't employ them. And I think for me, that felt really beneficial because, as I said, like for some of them, they might feel a bit underestimated and feel like, oh, well, I'm a young person, you know, no one's going to take me seriously. Or for the employer to think, oh, you know, just a few hours, let's get them out of here. But actually, they're like, oh, could they come back, you know? And so that felt like a really, really nice um, situation to be in. And even like one of the um, supervisors there had a youth work background. So they were like, please bring more young people. I love doing this type of work. And what skill, you know, so I think just seeing employers go above and beyond for young people and like really try to make sure that they're also kind of planning a really productive placement for them. That's number one. Like you've actually took your time out and thought, right, what could we get them to do? Who's going to support them? That's number one. And then, of course, yeah, challenging young people's limiting beliefs about themselves um and seeing them shine like who doesn't want to see that I love that I've taken two things away from that Nicole I've taken that so that one particular scenario that person you've completely opened up 
their eyes to something completely different to what they would have thought about, which is brilliant in itself because we all we know that careers aren't linear. You know, you you might want to do different things, and I I always encourage that. And I think these younger generations that are coming through now are probably the poster people. <laughs> yeah. Let's try lots of different things. Like, why do we have to stay in the same thing? But there's that sense of pride, isn't there? And mm-hmm. I remember that. And I used to work in hospitality the sense of pride that comes over you when you do a good job or a customer satisfied or you make a really great cocktail, whatever it is, mocktail probably in this yeah, mocktail. It's, mocktail. <laughs> but it's such an amazing feeling like you can't describe how that motivates somebody to continue to want to do good things. But then you've also got the employer's perspective, right? So you, obviously the youth worker, the past experience youth worker, they're yeah. of course going to be really engaged with this, but you've changed the way someone might look at a young person coming through and they, you know, they're like, oh damn, they're only 15. But now <laughs> they might be like, well, maybe I can hire 16 year olds to come and, you know, uh, attend the, the tables or whatever it might be that doesn't include alcohol they will change the way they start to look at these people when they come in with their CVs or if they get in touch with them on social media. So that's a double whammy there from from just one of many good experiences, I imagine. Definitely. And I always do try to find out about further opportunities because we had another like work experience where they work with young kids trying to, you know, make sure that they're all at reading age. So they do kind of like a peer-to-peer um, kind of project and they were having paid work over the summer so I thought okay well I've got these year 11s on work experience let's see if I can get a few of them in on that organization and see if they could you know potentially offer them some kind of paid work over the summer and you know we've now got two two to three young people now working with that organization over the summer and they feel really grateful about it so it's even like benefiting them benefiting the young people benefiting it's just it's just great I love that yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, and that insight from those young people in that organization is going to be priceless exactly they know exactly how to talk to people their own age they know exactly the problems that and the challenges that people their own age are facing so from a strategic business point of view it was a very smart decision to take those people on yeah definitely so yeah so hopefully we'll have more stories like that <laughs> if, any, if any businesses are listening please <laughs> <laughs> but that's the idea isn't it I the the big part of this podcast is to make sure that these messages and, and you've probably listened to them before it's always about a topic that has some sort of social impact and it's really important that employers listen to these because there's some great tips in there you know it's a really great opportunity for employers to hear things from the other side rather than all of the challenges like Wayne was just saying that they're looking at on a day-to-day basis this is just widening that perspective a little bit okay slightly slightly harder question now which is what do you think is blocking people um, or blocking organizations from taking on more young people more work experience things like that so yeah I, I think that there are a few key things for organizations one running a business is tricky and time consuming and you know you really do have to put time aside to think about the role break it down and then have someone manage and supervise and and that can be a lot for an organization depending on the size and the amount of resources they have so certainly making the time to support it is is one of the challenges and and i think that one of the areas that we can help uh, in that is to come to the table with sort of package solutions so that we take a lot of that pressure off them. We help them with the job design uh, process because sometimes it's difficult for them to think, well, what is a reasonable job for a young person? How do I thin this down so it's easy and not overwhelming, um, but still, you know, provides meaningful experience? So I think there's some things that we can do to help. So one, just the amount of work and time required to do it, which can feel overwhelming. And I say, um, I say, secondly, that you know, there's still a bit of a uh, a barrier or a gap, a generation gap, and lots of adults, um, employers, just feel like they don't really know or understand young people, um, and so they they're a little bit sort of weeded out by the idea that and office. <laughs> yeah, this, this creature that's in the office and they're moving differently than <laughs> than I remember, and I'm not quite sure. And so I think a lot of people are just hesitant because they perceive there's a lot of there's a lot of, you know, translation and interpretation and other stuff that they're not necessarily good at uh, that comes with it. And I think Nicole does a really great job of dispelling some of those myths and putting people at ease 
and just saying, look, in the end, you're going to find out that they're just young people, just like you, um, just like yeah. you were. Um, and, and so helping them just breathe and feel more comfortable about what that experience looks like, I think is, is also part of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would even add as well, like, <clears throat> especially because th- this is literally a big part of my job every day, every week, every, every, every waking moment. I'm like, who can I target now? And I would say one of the biggest challenges I find, um, and I think employers find is, is, it's going to sound like it's paperwork, really. It's insurance, you know, trying to get, under 16s in a workplace is actually not as easy as it was back in our day where you know you could walk into Woolworths or you know it doesn't exist anymore but you know you could walk into a store with your CV and be like hey I you know I want to do a two-week work experience and it's very straightforward whereas now it's like "Mm, we can't accept under 16 or we can't accept under 18 because of our insurance um we also have to consider things like safeguarding you know do they have those types of procedures within their work environment is that something they're even thinking about measurably not you know um so I think in terms of like trying to get work experience for 18 plus I think employers see more of the benefit because they're like right we know if they do well we can offer them a job it benefits us this is great under 18 they're like "Mm, what are we going to do with that they're 14 "Mm, what are they going to do with that right but I think it's also one of the barriers I think and the challenges for them is definitely what Wayne said about like not really feeling confident to interact with young people but I think another part of that is also just not knowing what they can do like well what well you know what are they going to do I don't know we can't have them do this we can't have them do you know I think they look at sometimes the glass as really as half empty than actually trying to build on okay could this young person shadow your marketing person for a few hours and just find out more about their role um so it's just it's really trying to, as I said, demystify a lot of things, <laughs> trying to create solutions. And I think what we've learned at Spiral is for those under 16s that, you know, because we've got a, a contract with Lambeth Council, Lambeth made to run work experience with a lot of the local secondary schools. So that's a big thing that I'm doing. And one of the things that we've tried to do is just kind of do it more of a light touch work experience. So rather than it being five days, Monday to Friday, nine to five, which most employees are going to freak out. But if I go to them and say, right, we just want you to take maybe two or three young people for about two hours, two and a half, three hours, um, you know, give them a small task. We'll sit with you and help you design that task. And this could be replicated with different young people. So I think they kind of really enjoy that, just having that kind of direct support from us. But then also we've created more of a holistic curated work experience. So it's not just you're in the work placement, but you're also learning um, in workshops around networking, the importance of how to speak about yourself, a CV interview skills. I think all of that preps them for the work experience as well. And the employers know that. So I think there are barriers, but I think Spiral's way of doing things is kind of trying to look holistically at what does employability even mean? Because it's not just the work experience, it's also the knowledge and identifying what you need to keep to hold on to build up your future. Um, so, yeah, but I think, yeah, the, the paperwork <laughs> is one of the challenges I found. Um, and especially when you're we're working with groups that, you know, English might be their second or third language. So, again, it's, it's finding um, organisations or businesses for them that are patient, that are willing to kind of work with that young person, nurture their skills and, you know, things like that. So, it's very multifaceted um, there's many different challenges um, but I think those are like the main ones obviously Wayne's mentioned those as well so I think uh, I've really liked what you talked about there with regards to the generational differences because we know that for the first time ever in history we've got five generations working together which mm. is just mind-blowing um, and that's been happening for the last couple of years really of course people are living longer therefore working longer and and these younger people are coming into the working world now with so many different ways of working so many different things that have happened in people's careers but I guess what would be really nice to hear just from you Nicole is you talk about demystifying the concept of younger people working in these environments what do you think are the the biggest myths I guess or the biggest things that you have to bust whenever you're talking about those generational differences there and, and what people's perceptions are of young people 
I think one of the things is definitely the stigma on young people. And I think, to be honest, that is generational for like, even when you were young people, I know I'm sure your parents' generation was like, oh, these young people, what do they know? So I think that is number one. And and obviously that does depend on the organisation because there are a lot of younger employers or millennials that really want to give back and have a different mindset. But that is definitely one. I think another one is, again, coming back to the time. We don't have the time you know, and for some organisations, they genuinely might not. But for, for big franchises, it's like, really? You, you can't have maybe two or three young people at your retail store or, you know. So I think it's really, that's why we've kind of developed that kind of three-day curated experience for the younger uh, under 16s, because it's a lot easier to package and we are there all the time. So, you know, they're not having to rely on their own staff. We just want to be in the business <laughs> and be part of what's going on. So I think that's definitely one. And I think, um, and I think also the fact that they aren't, for some of them, they might not be at 16 yet, you know, being able to work. But I think it's also just trying to ensure that employers realise that you're actually just, all you're doing is you're seeing the talent pool from now, from earlier, and you're able to kind of really nurture that, nurture that talent and growth, you know, especially if they have a genuine interest of being in your industry, whether that's IT, whether it's tech, or, you know, whatever it is. But I think the biggest thing is definitely like just young people being young people. <laughs> I know it sounds really bad, but honestly, it's like, what are we going to do with them? Or I don't know what we would do. Or they or, or they don't even, um, or I feel like some employers don't have confidence themselves. I don't think it has anything to do with the young person, but some of them just don't have the confidence to be like, we could do something meaningful here. And it's also just their limiting beliefs for them, you know, so it's, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, mm. really good point. There's limiting beliefs. And I've worked in, in learning and development and HR and, and all of those wonderful things for years. And I think, yeah, I think there is a confidence thing there. But I also think there's an element of people can't think far enough ahead. So they're only thinking in the very short term when it comes to a lot of business challenges. And they think, well, I just need to get bums on seats. I need to just get a body into this role right now. I don't have time to think about in two, three, four years time. But you're right. If you're meeting these young people where they are and you're starting to understand the language that they're using and the way in which they prefer to work and the way in which they're going to bring their full selves into their work and bring their kind of future talent and discover all these things about themselves, you've got a four year head start on all your competitors, right? That's a pretty that's a pretty big deal. And I sometimes think that recruitment and talent and and those kind of HR learning and development areas aren't able to think that far ahead. So if you've got access to that information, that's brilliant. What a strategic way to start thinking about your talent pool and your pipeline and all of those sorts of things that are going to help you to make sure you don't have a skill shortage like most organizations are going to have in the next few years. I think I saw an article yesterday or last night. Um, that Netflix, um, for the first time, lost they lost 100 million uh, subscribers. And and what was interesting about the article is that they they kind of said that Netflix, the brand new sort of disruptor of this field, is is all of a sudden looking like the old guard that um, <laughs> changed so quickly in our sector, in the world in general. Things are moving so fast, and so that I, I mentioned that because. The way that the pace that things are moving, young people are your future customers, consumers, and the time is moving so quickly. If you're not familiar with who they are, it's so easy for businesses to lose touch and be out of business, especially the large ones, because they've lost touch with their consumers. Mm-hmm. And in 10 years, it's these young people who are going to be the majority of the, con- the consumption going on is them. They're going to be middle-aged and, and buying. So really great time to get to know who they are and have them help define your strategy. Definitely. And it's free. That's that's this this is <laughs> this is what's just absolutely insane about this whole thing. And Netflix is a brilliant example there because I mean uh, you've probably seen their adverts that are all over social media, which is the the billboards which said "Keep going." We started by working with DVDs, yeah. and it's really interesting to think about how far they've come. But they have totally stunted now because they haven't evolved. They've yeah. kind of stayed the same, and they're going to be in the same bin as some of the other organisations like Blockbuster and people like that because if you don't innovate and if you don't evolve the way you think you will not like continue to be an organization Woolworths you talked about them earlier they're a really good example of an organization that worked for a really long time for certain generations but when those younger generations started coming through and 
being the customer, being the employee, all of those sorts of things, all of a sudden they didn't want that anymore. Um, And I was um, reading something about Facebook today and about the way in which uh, Mark Zuckerberg is communicating with colleagues now and the change in the language because of the way they haven't really evolved Facebook over however many years. It's so, so, so vital. And you've got five different generations in an organisation. That is the most amount of data that you're going to need for your consumers, for the way in which you want to approach your target audience. It just, to me, it makes no sense that we're not paving the way. And and like you used the word nurture earlier, nurturing these young people because they are literally going to be your line manager one day. That's just how things happen. How are we not equipping them? And how are we still having to have this conversation where we're convincing businesses of the benefits of bringing these young people in? Uh, Hopefully, one day we won't be there. But I think it's a it's a bit of a bit of a road so far. Especially for industries that might be struggling to recruit, because you know I don't know if you heard about it. I think it's mainly happened in America, but they called it the uh, what do you call it? Resignation. Great resignation. Great resignation. And I think it kind of links here because even though you know we get our stats out, oh look, youth unemployment is decreasing, and you know, great. But how many of those young people are underemployed? How many of those young people are on zero-hour contracts? You know, and so as much as we're counting them as being unemployed, how happy or fulfilled are they in their careers? And there's a lot of industries that are gradually declining. But I think it's because they're not necessarily making a um, a conscious effort to engage with young people. So I think, yeah, again, it's, it's, it's just a no brainer to like there's too many benefits of having young people in your organization. And it's a, it's a win win for all. So if you're listening that spiral skills yeah (laughs) absolutely um if if organizations so if businesses we're obviously talking a lot about businesses today because this podcast is is developed specifically for employers and a lot of people in in those employment are people that will do recruitment and they will do the kind of the human planning and hr and stuff like that if they could do one thing that could if they could change one thing or do one thing that could make a difference to the future generations what do you think that that would be I think for me just kind of being in this role of trying to look for opportunities I think it'll be great if more employers had maybe even if it's just a web page dedicated to how to access work experience if it's something they actually do and actually kind of putting that into their thought process from the beginning like okay we know we've got staff members but do we want to offer more training do we you know just having those conversations and making it known because I feel like it's very hard to know who to contact one person in the store might say yes but you have to speak to headquarters and you know it's a lot so I think even just having that information available would be great um, and to put that into their thought process and I was going to say another thing that would be really helpful is especially when it comes to employment more so and I'm not saying that degrees are not important but I think more employers should count on people's experience more because I feel like the whole degree thing just creates a lot of barriers um you know and I'm only talking from my own experience because I don't have a degree and I've used and I grew up in Brixton and I've used my experience as my building blocks and I feel like there's a lot of young people that might not see university as their pathway they might you know like me I did an apprenticeship and then continued working after that so I think it'll just be good for employers to be a bit more aware of the fact that there's different pathways um and just to be a bit more open and not so I was going to say archaic, but <laughs> I think obviously degrees are needed in some industries for sure. You know, I would a doctor operating on me who just played operation. But thinking about your recruitment practices and is a degree needed or is there other things that will also be beneficial as well? So, No, I love that. I think it's really interesting. We did a podcast really recently with Found by Few, who you all know. They're also in our offices. They do a really, really good job with diversifying recruitment and starting to get people in the creative industry in particular just to think slightly differently. And degrees came up. And and the same as you, Nicole, I'm from a very working class background. It It's not that I couldn't have gone to uni. I definitely got uh, good enough grades in my GCSEs. But it was more that it just wasn't done in my family. No one really spoke about it. The teachers didn't really talk to us that much about it. It was kind of just expected that we go into work. 
Now, I have found at times it has hindered my career because of the mindset of employers and recruiters and people that are really thinking that degree equals um, expertise. But we know that that's not correct. I've definitely employed people before as a HR director, a manager and, and people like that where they have degrees but they're not equipped to do the role at all and some of the best employees I've ever had and and team members I've had have been a real mix of apprentices or traineeships or people that have just worked their way through and obviously people with degrees as well but you have to change the way you think about education because it's not easily accessible to everybody and until people start to understand that you'll have those kind of social mobility problems because you can't get past that first hurdle which is a degree a university degree definitely and I think it also falls into the whole conversation around equality inclusion you know equity diversity it's all linked and I feel like yeah that needs to be more of the forefront I think of employers not just for young people but just for the longevity of their company business and industry yeah. And actually, there's something I would even tag on to that. And I'm 100% with you with the equity and, and the belonging and all of those pieces, because to have an equitable approach to recruitment, you have to stop looking in one particular area for all of your skills. The other aspect of it is that sometimes experience itself needs to be expanded in the mindset of people we should also be looking for potential we -hmm. should be looking you used the term earlier transferable skills Mm -hmm. it's not always that this person has this exact experience and and especially as young people come through and the way that younger people are working now they're kind of like well actually I want to try five different careers in my lifetime so if you stick to one thing and you want them to have the 100% exact experience of that job description then they're going to get bored in no time at all, especially if they're talented, especially if they have potential. So it's a real mix, isn't it, of people just really starting to open up their minds and getting those young people to engage with different industries and different ways of working and really starting to evolve the practices. Recruitment and attraction is one of the biggest challenges when it comes to diversity and inclusion, for sure, in most organisations. Yeah, and I think the government could also do more. (laughs) to incentivize it more because I feel like you know we already know the youth sector is underfunded um you know I've got a young person that I'm trying to support she wants to be a youth worker and actually core blimey is it hard actually Mm. to get a young person to become a qualified youth worker and have the opportunities um but I think there are more things that yeah the government could do to incentivize employers to offer these opportunities because yeah I think that's that's definitely needed as well Yeah, I totally agree. I think things like the Kickstart program are a great start. But as we know, and I've run apprenticeships in employment before, I've run traineeships, I've I've had Kickstarter myself as as a business. The way in which the government knock these policies and these frameworks together is just very much, okay, we've done it, tick, bye. They don't think about the employer. They don't think about how that person is going to manage that person and, and kind of really start to progress them through. So like you say, spiral and and having that framework and helping people to understand that, it's a massive barrier removed for employers, definitely. Definitely. Sustainability is key. So, yeah. (laughs) In every sense, for sure. (laughs) Wayne, I'm going to ask you the same question. I know Nicole gave a really robust answer there, but I'd love to hear if you've got one thing that you would really like um, organisations, employers, just to change that would really make a difference to the future generations? I think similar to what Nicole first said is just making the commitment, actually making the commitment, same way you make a commitment to uh, benefits for your staff or to implement safeguarding or whatever it is. If you start with just making a commitment that we're going to include young people in our planning uh, and certainly for, you know, mid to larger organizations who actually have HR departments, that becomes like a very simple thing for you to say, we're going to set targets for ourselves this year. Um, and if you just, just by putting that in your policy, you kick off a chain of events. And you, I think a lot of organizations would be surprised at how many existing staff members, maybe senior ones, would love to sort of lead on something like that because they see it. If you just made it policy or made it something that you had made a commitment to, you'd find that there are people who want to execute on it and that it's going to be easier uh, than you probably think. So for me, uh, it starts with just making the commitment. Um, 
to my business. I'm going to embed in my policies that we're going to find ways to include young people uh, in our business. And I suppose if I were to stretch that and go out into my sort of woo land um, and be super creative, I would say just to adopt a culture that's welcoming to young people. So whether that is um, regular bring your kids to school uh, to work things for your staff or other things that just says we're going to make a point of having young people floating around our, our office even if it's not work experience but we're going to open ourselves up to including young people in our business culture in some way that's a great start mm. Mm. what a great energy in the office or in the workspace in that day as well like we were talking right at the start about how it changes the atmosphere at IB and and listen, these offices are great anyway. So yeah, it just gives you an idea of the level of energy that these young people bring in with them. It really lasts. It really makes a difference when people are working on those days for sure. I mean, you mentioned found by a few. Um, Every time I am in the office, I know when they're there and the vibe is totally different because they've done an amazing job of, of employing young people and that energy and that vibe is just, it's infectious. You can feel it. Mm. Now they're in the space. I love it. It's really great. And look at their growth and how successful they are. So I think exhibit A for what right. you're talking about. This yeah. is, is pure evidence. Okay. Um, I just want to ask you one last question each. And it's if you could give one piece of advice to somebody that was working in a HR department or perhaps as a recruiter or perhaps a, a small business owner on how they can make a bigger impact on younger people what would that be (laughs) there's again a few things but I would say I think the first advice I would give that HR person is to try and find a local network um ones that I would recommend is anything that partnership for young London are putting on even London youth because a lot of their their networks are open to organizations that aren't just youth organizations um, especially their employability networks so I'll tell them to definitely find a youth employability network where you can connect with youth workers and other employers and have those kind of open conversations just to start getting your mind into the mindset of a young person and the youth sector and where we're thinking Um, because I think there'll be a lot of learning and shared experience and that'll just be a great way to just really put yourself into it so I think that's number one, just to kind of up your knowledge. And then from there, hopefully um, you can embed other things into your practice, um, you know, whether that is reviewing your equality and diversity policy. Because I actually used to quality assure youth organisations. Um, and I can honestly say that the equality and diversity part was always usually a little bit poor. Um, but I think so, especially in an organisation where you've, you don't, you're not used to working with young people, I think that would be great thinking about how you can incorporate that into your training or if you want to develop any staff members. But yeah, join a network, join a network and just get yourself out there. Start hearing from people. If you've got any questions or any doubts, talk to other people, other youth workers and just begin from there, really. But yeah, Partnership for Young London. I know they have a few networks and London Youth do have an employability network. That would be a great place to start. And do they also support businesses outside of London? So it's per, at the moment, no, it's mainly for London. Um, but if you're outside of London, um, UK youth, again, um, if you just want to know what's going on more in the kind of um, youth workspace and just like on a national level and just seeing how you could potentially connect. Because even for the, some of the businesses, if you're listening, I'm always plugging, but if you can't offer work experience, if you want to donate, if you want to support an organisation, support a cause. But yeah, but yeah. That would be one of my advice for a HR person. Lovely. Thank you so much. Wayne, you've had some time to think. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I suppose um, I don't know. there's a few things in this. One, I think thinking about your business in its most simplistic terms so that young people really get what you do and how it works and how it sort of how it fits into the context of the broader world I think is one of the things I think that you know young people tend to be confused and overwhelmed with the world in places where it doesn't need to be that confusing it's just the language you use and of course we get we get you know we have buzzwords and our you know our, our various languages that we use that just layer confusion so I think 
if you think about your business and particular roles in layman's terms and make efforts to describe it that way and parts of your website or in your documentation that really nut it down. I think that that will sort of help young people at least understand what you do and appreciate how they might be able to play a role. Cause I think for a lot of them, they just, they can't see it. They have no idea. Yeah. The trend, yeah. What they learned in year 10 to what you're doing. This gap is too big. Um, yeah. And then I think um, I'll just go back to, you know, kind of what we said previously is I really feel like just pick something and try it. Like really just try it. I think you just got to take, take action. We did something at Spiral that I'm super proud of. And we, we, the results were just mind blowing. One day we said, look, we, we've got to walk the walk and we're going to start employing. So we just started taking young people who we thought were safe into our, our classrooms and giving them jobs. So, okay, look, you aren't going to lead a class on day one but you're definitely going to sit at a table. You're going to support other young people in doing something. And that's what we're going to do. And we just went and did it. And it was amazing to see what that did for young people, their confidence, our understanding of what they were really capable of, because it was mind blowing how many of them could lead a class and the confidence. In fact, um, just a great story to end on. We took um, a couple of our young people from a school that we did a program at we involved them in facilitation. And then the year after schools opened from COVID, we did these um, welcome back to the sort of physical world sessions at a couple of schools. And watching the faces on teachers and adults in the school, when they saw two students come back to facilitate workshops that they had previously sort of classified as super vulnerable and really at risk and not and watching the looks on his faces when those two students were standing in front of huge classes and talking with confidence like an adult was absolutely priceless and all of that came for at some point from just saying let's just try this let's just mm. do something let's, let's see what happens um so i love those that pieces no, I do yeah. that. let's just try this let's just do it let's not wrap it up in process and framework and yeah okay let's do all that later to make sure that we're, we're paving the way for a, a more substantial piece yeah. of work but let's just do it I've also got mm. another point now because you kind of rephrase a question that <laughs> more things. yeah go but I'm just going to read them off and I'll shut up because I'm sure we want to um, get out of here but anyways um so one of the things that I thought of was around youth voice and engagement and how they could potentially do that, whether that's through maybe, you know, trying to organise that with a local college or a local school and just asking them a few questions about about that. Maybe doing a staff survey, finding out how staff feel about work experience, young people, you know, having more of a collaborative approach. Because sometimes if you just have one person in charge, all their biases, all of their knowledge is the decision maker, but having more of a, collab- a collaborative approach around it in your workplace makes everybody feel part of something bigger. Um, and then lastly, just researching what's happening in your area. Like, you know, do you know what local youth provisions are around? Do you know who's funded? Do you know whether you could potentially help those organisations or a local secondary school or, you know, something like that? So those would be my other little tips as well. <laughs> No, I love this. Uh, keep on coming. These are brilliant. These are the sort of things that genuinely make a difference to the way that employers feel they're able to do things. Because like you said, sometimes it just feels really huge. Sometimes it feels as an employer, as a head of HR, whatever it might be, that you've got a million and one business things to do. And this just feels like an extra thing. But in reality, this is a strategic thing to be doing. And of yeah. course, even if you want to just take it to the the CSR route or the ESG or any of those acronyms that basically mean that you've got some sort of a social impact in your business, you know, Definitely. you've got that yeah. as well. It's like a it's a triple whammy. There's so many benefits, I think. There are. So your you advice is good. Apprenticeships. Like, you know, could you offer an apprenticeship? You know, things like this. You might not know, but if you had a staff survey and you ask all your staff, do you think you could um, potentially assist a young person? Do you think there's any parts of your role that could be a good learning opportunity for a young person? Like, just ask the question, start the conversation. And as Wayne eloquently said, just do it, just do it. (laughs) So I think that's a good place to end, maybe. (laughs) 
No, that was brilliant. Thank you so much. Is there anything just before we finish? Is there anything you want to add? Something you may you want to make sure doesn't get left out from people hearing? Um, I'm definitely going to plug Spiral always. Um, you know, if you're a young person listening right now, maybe you're under the age of 30, you're not in work, education or employment, please do reach out to us. Um, we've got an Instagram at Spiral Skills. Any questions, um, just please just DM us. Um, we would love to kind of support if you're an employer and you've enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to kind of, you know, brainstorm some more. Again, please do reach out to us. and We're open for any type of dialogue at this point because we've got lots of young people that deserve amazing opportunities and we're sure you're one of them. So that would be my final note. Excellent. Wayne? Nothing needed to add there. That was perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you really summed it up well. And I suppose if I was going to add anything, I would just say to employers and everyone listening, feel free to be creative with this. Maybe you've got a different idea that is somewhere between work experience and employment or is some other way or something. Um, Spiral is really open to experimenting and trying things out and being you know disruptive and all those kinds of cool things so if you've got another idea or something that we haven't covered um send an email we we're real people we'll talk to you and we're happy to explore excellent brilliant thank you both so much for taking the time to talk to me today i've learned lots i'm hoping the people that are listening are taking away some of those brilliant ideas thank you so so much really enjoyed that speak to you both soon Thank Thank you, Zoe. Thank you. Bye. Wow, what a podcast and what a load of fantastic suggestions, advice, tips and and just some really great insights from Wayne and Nicole there. I think there's something really important about listening to these types of conversations because you can really pull together that idea of why employers are struggling so much to really start to attract and bring on new younger talent and also why it might be more difficult for those younger people to be able to get into those types of roles. So hopefully you took away some great tips here today. Hopefully if you're an employer listening, you might start to think a little bit more further forward with your talent strategy as well and start to think about engaging those younger people earlier really really important messaging there definitely something i've taken away from spiral today but we've got loads more fantastic conversations to listen to in our podcast have a listen to any that you haven't we've got more coming up and we want to thank of course wayne and nicole for just bringing such brilliant insights today i know i've learned a lot and hopefully you have too so we'll see you on the next one thanks